Hello, hey, hey, bonjour, I'm Gwen Lafage, and this is B2B Marketing FICA, a series of casual interviews with B2B marketers in Europe. Real stories, real tips from the people who are actually doing the real work on the ground. Let's grab a coffee and a bully and let's get started. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing FICA. Um, today on the show, we have Lynn Quay, who is a CMO at OneFlow. Um, OneFlow is an end-to-end solution for all your e-contact needs. Welcome, uh, Lynn. Thank you very much, Gwen. <laughs> so good to see you. That's Same. a great pronunciation of my name, by the way. Great. Thank you. <laughs> it's always like a trick, right? Trying to make sure you don't butcher the guest name. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, thanks for having you here, or being here with me. And um, you seem like, from what I've seen on online, and like a pretty passionate marketer. Um, and that's also why I reached out to you. Well, one, because I saw your presence um, on, on social media and that's how like I, I found out about you. Um, and two, because you seem pretty passionate about what you do. So I guess uh, my first question will be like, what do you love about marketing? Yeah, I love everything about marketing. I'm a big nerd of marketing. I live and breathe marketing, if you like. Um, what I love about it is that, you know, I love like just um, solving that mystery of, you know, how to change minds and behaviors. And it's always fascinate me, like how our brain works. And I like to find the answer, you know, how do I, how do I change minds with, you know, words or visual. And I think it's, I think that's, that is fascinating. So do you, so you think that the, the role of marketing is that to like uh, change behaviors and uh, perceptions and. Uh... Well, I think it's more about like getting someone to buy into your ideas. Right. And um, that's actually one of my first uh, role as marketeer. I started an agency, a creative agency. And one of my goal was to, pitch to clients and and it's all about selling ideas and getting them to you know join your movement in a way so to me that's that's marketing um anything you know i can say marketing makes sales easier too and um but in order to make sales easier you kind of have to get them to buy into your idea first and so i think the role of marketing is just to um you know create a movement get people to join you um, yeah, that's that's marketing to me. Yeah, I like this idea of creating a, a movement. I think this is like an an idea that is like a starting to spread. I think I listened to this podcast um, before about this idea of like movement marketing. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that, but they explain that like how do you actually create that movement? So I think it's about like the the message, but also creating the community. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, I am definitely aligned with that. And uh, what um, you, you, like we said, like kind of active on, on social, or at least on LinkedIn, which is where I, I saw you. Um, what role do you think like social media plays in, in that? And like, how do you leverage it? Um, I think, you know, it really depends on at one flow, at least like I've seen that our target audience, 
are on LinkedIn. Of course, they are everywhere too. Um, but how do I reach them? And especially during this pandemic, is everything is so digital. Um, we can't do events. I don't believe in virtual events, to be honest. And I, I don't really believe in webinar either. I just believe like maybe the after effects of a webinar, you know, somebody would go download. But, but at the end of the day, everything happens live. And so um, LinkedIn is one of the, you know, key channels for us to like get our message out there. Um, and being active in there, I think we talked about this before we recorded for this podcast as well. Um, just just being, show your face there so that, you know, even though I don't need any service from you right now, but because I've seen you before, I kind of have built that relationship of trust with you before. So if I need you one day, maybe I'll think of you rather than I'll think of, you know, your competitor because they haven't been, you know, top of mind before. So I think it's great to, a great way, you know, using social media to stay top of mind of your. Do you use it like at uh, uh, yourself or through the company and encourage your team to use it or how do you deal with it or what role does it play in your current marketing strategy? Yeah, definitely would love to see everybody at OneFlow to use it. But at the same time, I don't like it to be um, like a branded OneFlow. Like it would be so strange if a salesperson started recording a video and, you know, asked us to put like a logo on her video or his video. Um, I see it more as like, you know, let our, you know, build your own personal brand. And if you work for OneFlow, great. If you don't, great for you too. And great for that company. Um, I see it as a way, like the only way actually for companies to, you know, stay top of mind. Um, it's like free advertising. Um, in, the, in the past, we have this broadcast TV. Nobody watches broadcast TV anymore. And so this is like, you know, broadcasting TV for you and it's free for you. <laughs> yeah, and I guess and you I from having followed you a bit, I guess you you also have an approach to it that is uh, pretty personal, right? You talk a lot about the learnings you get on marketing from your kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I just I just came up with this that concept. It's called the three E's concept: educate, entertain, enlighten. So most of most people are really good at educating, and most people are really good at you know inspiring, enlightening someone with a new idea. But not a lot of people are good at entertaining. So I think like you know if you have the entertainment in your content, um, it will make you more relatable. It make you more memorable. Make you more, make it more personal in a way. Like you know this person is real. This is someone I want to hang out with. You know during a dinner date or or yeah or wine date or whatever it is. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to be a bit funny, but not so funny. <laughs> Is it the same? Uh, would you say that you that one flow at the same kind of tone of voice? Do you do you try to do apply that kind of CRA of the three to the content you produce with one flow too? You know, I must say, like you know, so far we. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a huge self critic too. Like, I feel like we can do so much better, right? And uh, it's definitely um, a way for us to be more relatable. Absolutely. Uh, so we have some uh, very interesting things coming up um, for this year. And um, definitely entertainment is one of them. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> um, OneFlow has been um, growing um, pretty fast in the past year or so, right? And uh, like you, um, you're recruiting a bunch of people right now in your team. 
Mm-hmm. We we are. I mean, last year I've been on maternity leave most of last year, and when I left for maternity leave a year and a, a year and three months ago, we were only thirty people, and now we're eighty. Yep. And we're hiring, so it's um, it's it's been growing super fast, and I think the pandemic makes it also um, sort of easy for us in a way because everybody now realizes you know the importance of doing business online, mm-hmm. and um, that's how we can help businesses to do that. And so it's it's amazing, like how you know the positive effects of um, pandemic has been on our side. Right. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it, it's been the case for a lot of B two B tech companies mm-hmm. uh, because of the need of yeah of moving the entire business online and the digital transformation in a way happened way faster for than than without it in many cases. I feel uh-huh. so. Yeah, I I can see that. I saw that happening as well in in a lot of other tech companies. So that's I mean that's great for you, right? <laughs> um, but I think like in the past, like the barrier has always been like. Uh, there's some dismantle barrier like this is how we work today I don't want to change this is you know and and suddenly you're forced to change and you know the pandemic sort of like it's really sad that it's happening but at the same time it forces us to think new way and to adopt new ways of um, doing business with one another which is um, great for the economy in a way yeah definitely uh, tell us about your team. So you said you were um, like a small company and then you left. And then, uh, so how many people do you have in your team today? And uh, and like, who who are you recruiting? Yeah, so that's great. Like free advertising for OneFlow. Um, <laughs> well, um, today we're three people. It's me and then we have a copywriter and a video producer. Um, in February, we have another person joining us um, from Norway. And then um, we're recruiting three more people. We're hiring a digital marketing um, person and um, a content marketer as also a marketing operations. So basically right now we're heavily, you know, um, uh, what do you call it? Like um, we have heavily resourced on the content part. Um, we definitely want to, you know, beef out our digital part. So the demand generation part. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then also of course product marketing, which is somewhat uh, which is on my shoulders right now. So we're taking one at a time because I feel like you know there's no need to hire if if it's not painful. Like I would you know I wouldn't write up a job ad just because you know we have resource for it. Rather, it's more like when it becomes really painful, then we uh-huh. need someone to do it because right. um, it takes a lot of time too to onboard somebody. Yeah. And, uh, to like teach that person to, you know, get started. And I think it, that takes a long time too. So I think we have to be careful in like, you know, hiring, but, um, but, but not hiring fast and um, okay. rather, you know, take it as come. And also that person has to be, you know, um, work well with the culture as well. And that's important to us. And that's, that's been, uh, that's one part of, of the whole working remotely and and effect of the pandemic that has been pretty difficult to manage I feel like like uh, the working from home from everybody but onboarding new people and yeah. and starting a new company while remote um, yeah. it's pretty tricky right it's it's one of the top challenge and um, I, I would say last year it's uh-huh. just getting the processes to work um, changing the way we work at the same time you want to keep the team motivated. And that's a huge challenge to me personally, um, because I'm um, so much like a social person. I love face to face meetings and 
Um, there's a lot of body language that you can't really, you know, transfer through the screens. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's a huge challenge. Still a challenge, I would say. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Like, especially keeping you, your team motivated. Is that something that you've, you've changed something? That is, have you put in place some... Some stuff to keep them going. Like. Oh my god! Like we would die without Slack, to be honest, and um, because Slack is such a like you know energy pumping channel, and also like you know for me self development too. Like you know I would you know before I go to a meeting I'd be like Woo-hoo! you know pump myself up and then try to show that energy to the you know through the screen, and I think that's important. Like if you're sad, the team will be sad, and if you're happy, the team you know that's how I feel <laughs> <laughs> the team of the mood they really depend on yours <laughs> well I mean at least I don't think so like I don't think so but I think you know it has an effect I don't yeah. think I'm, I don't think I'm the boss it, it's more like you know I see myself as you know the energy provider you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the same you know you have kids and yeah. your kids follow you like you know that's that's what a leader does I would say like your yeah. kids go you know they will react according to how you, how you are Definitely. and they'll I, well i guess you're you're right it's like uh they feel the energy they feel the stress um <laughs> a lot as well it's like if you're you're stressful and like all oh, your frustration or so yeah you have to like be um be careful to manage that both with the kids and both at work right like uh and it's it's definitely harder like to uh keep those connection and keep the culture of the company going when you work remotely. I know yeah. there's a lot of like discussion about that. And uh, there, um, what what's um, your perspective and maybe the one at one flow of um, the remote working? Are you guys all dying to go back to the office or do you feel that you'll do some kind of hybrids um, after, after the pandemic is finished or have you thought about that or? I think, I think we were dying to meet each other. Because I think just because we started out as like such a close-knit, you know, family-oriented type of company, um, we are so passionate about what we do. We love our products. Like we we would die for like OneFlow is our life. Like we have no life, you know. And so (laughs) and so I would I I would you know 100% guarantee like you know when the pandemic is over, everybody would be like going back to the office like oh. So fun to meet all these people and also we recruited a lot of people last year digitally and onboarded them like some of them we haven't even met um but maybe we met through you know onboarding presentation or during our fika um but it's it's you know we, I mean, we're dying to meet each other so when the pandemic is over i mean all hell breaks loose yeah <laughs> go back. i mean i see a lot of companies like especially in the u.s saying like okay that's it we're going to give up our office because um yeah. it's good yeah it is um i yeah i think it's maybe it's more in the u.s than in in europe or in in sweden i feel like there is like a a cultural there's cultural differences on what people think will happen next um i mean i i'm being french i see that um the working remote is a lot more difficult in france than it is like in in sweden or in the u.s like uh it's, it's the mentality is is different so people it's it's almost like people need to see what the employees is doing in the office to make sure they're working, you know, <laughs> old school. <laughs> right, right. Completely true. I'm like exaggerating, but there's a little bit of that. Like, uh, yeah. and 
seems harder there to do the remote working. Um, mm. And I feel the Swedes is more like, no, we really want to be together in an office. Like, uh, mm. uh, and more American companies saying, okay, well, maybe it's fine. Like everybody can be remote. And we're mm. going to go full on remote. And, and that seems hard as well, because keeping the company culture going um, with everybody remote, I think is extremely hard. Yeah. And I think like when they do remote, like this company, like the new latest company going digital first was uh, Drift that I heard. Yep. And uh, he was mentioning something, uh, uh, what's his name? Can- Cancel? DC? CEO, yeah. David. Yeah. I just remember his name as DC. And and he mentioned something about like, um, like how we're, we're going to be measured through outcome instead of hours which is so true. Um, but at the same time, I think these guys, they're going remote, but then they're going to have this like once a year meeting where they're everybody get together. I mean, in, in some way, like you can't be hundred percent. Yeah. Like, and he took, uh, he t- I mean, he, he did say that, that he was going hundred percent remote, but also had a part in, in, because I read his note too, that yeah. they will still keep some kind of meeting places. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, office, offices become like conversational spaces or something. Yeah, like that. well, then that's not fully remote. People can <laughs> go there and, and, I mean, it's a nice marketing. I guess that's what marketing is, right? Going back to like, what do you want to make people think or perceive? That's marketing. We're going full on remote. Like that's, well, actually we have those meeting space. Well, you mean an office where people can go and have meetings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Model, right? yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not 100%. It's not 100%. There are companies who, do, who, who, I mean, who actually do this 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some companies that were like remote from the start that yeah. were before pandemic. But yeah, uh, Basecamp, I think. Basecamp has been like remote forever, isn't it? Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what would you say that uh, your biggest challenge last year was really about the remote working and the team culture? I think it's, I think it was also because I came back from maternity leave like um, in August and the team has um, another, like uh, my cover at that at that time. And it sort of had a, a process going on and then suddenly, you know, I came back and kind of had to take over. Um, I think it put, a, it put a lot of stress onto the team and, and, you know, for myself as well. And also the pandemic is changed, it's a change for everybody. Um, how do we, you know, it's it's just a lot of changes that you have to deal with at the same time. You want to motivate your employees to do their best. And at the same time, you have to keep your feelings in control. And at the same time, your four is screaming. It's just like, it's just a lot of balance. And that was a huge challenge. Um, I've, I mean, I always like to say like, you know, doing marketing is so easy compared to managing people. Um, it's, that's the hardest part. Because um, at the same time, you like doing marketing, but then how do you make someone else do marketing? So it's like me marketing to them. And it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your, um, your initial background when it comes to marketing? I mean, we, it, we all come from having maybe one specific expertise at the start. Um, with your product marketer, you would say to start with? Okay. Yeah. So I, um, I started off as um, I founded a creative agency together with my uncle and uh, I was a copywriter, so I started with just a lot of writing copy. I love writing copy. I still believe, you know, in writing, you know, spending 10 hours on the headline, one hour on the content, because people would just read the headline. And um, <laughs> and, and so that's, yeah. And then I, I move on to being a product marketer for a huge B2B tech. And at that point, I think, you know, now I would say, like, you know, my biggest thing is still copy. 
Um, right. I would okay. be writing all the copy. Um, you know, of course, so we need a demand gen person too, but you know, uh, we're, we're looking for that person, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so your, your marketing approach at OneFlow is, is very content driven. Mm-hmm. At, yeah. at this point, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, we have to be. Yeah. yeah. So what, what would you say is the most um, important thing of, have you, have you changed your content strategy um, with the pandemic? Have we changed it? No, I think um, we have to double down on it. Like I would say, I would say um, we have been very, very focused on SEO since the very beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. It's still a focus. It's boring to do SEO, but, you know, it's important. Um, (laughs) And then, and the result you see is fun. And you, I mean, the blog that is generating a lot of traffic, the major traffic first, um, is still the same blog um, three years ago. So um, I think it's, it's, it's important just to, you know, update it, um, double down on SEO and content, that kind of thing. Um, um, and, but, but it, you know, it, it scales slowly. Like it doesn't really give you like a short-term type of result. So it takes time as well. Um, so I think branding is also one of the biggest thing that, you know, everybody is working on right now. Um, that's something that, you know, we have been looking into it and we have a good brand. Um, but I think like, you know, content is still like the, the yeah. king. So the, the heart of your marketing machine is really your blog. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our blog, we, we do a lot of, I mean, I would say like, you know, we, we do a lot of paid channels as well. Um, but they're not, they're not sustainable. Um, content is really the one that would be like long-term strategic um that that you can own um you know pay channels you know if google goes bank bankrupt like where do you where do you advertise then if linkedin go bankrupt where, where do you advertise then like you don't really own that channel but your website your blog your content is the one that you own mm-hmm. right okay interesting and uh do you um do you feel that it's it's converting well from the blog to like um, building your your sales pipeline or your marketing pipeline. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Content is still our top converting channel. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think what's more important is to remember is that you know we as a human being we don't like to be sold to. We buy. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure that you know they make that decision to buy instead of you telling them what to buy? You know. So again, back to that content, key concepts, you know, educate, enlighten, and entertain. Um, those three things will help people to stay in touch with you, you know, read about you, um, have you top of mind. And um, in the end of the day, when they want to buy something, they will remember you and, and you, you will be top of mind. So at least, you know, they have that connection with you through content already. So you don't have to sell it to them. So that's, I think that's the main goal of content marketing, right? And just to, you know, sell without actually selling, but rather helping people to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, great. Interesting. It's, it's, it's funny because it seems when we listen to you, it seems like, well, yeah, obviously that's like what you need to do. Right. Yet um, some tech companies 
don't rely on their blogs at all. I've seen right. some tech company with that, like having any content on their blog. So it's interesting to get to see what people prioritize, you know, what, I mean, what marketers in tech company prioritize and the type of result they get from it. Because um, what seems obvious to one marketer is sometimes not to someone else. Yeah, um, so I, think, I think everybody knows about this. Everybody thinks, everybody believes in it, but it's so hard. I mean, content yeah. is hard. It's and pretty hard. Yeah, it's I, hard because it takes time to write a, an article. Yeah, it does. Some of our blogs take like three months to produce because it's well-researched. Is you know, we have to call a couple of lawyers to make sure we don't, we don't write stupid things on our blog, you know? And so I think it's super hard. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, great. And are you the one doing a lot of the copywriting or is it... Um, it's it's all the people in your team or like even the rest of the rest of the team writing or people other people in the organization <laughs> well um i would love to get more people in the organization to start writing for marketing which is cool um because they're the experts after all but um we're working on it i mean from the <laughs> at this moment is mainly the marketing team who's <laughs> writing and the marketing team is just me and and my two other colleagues so <laughs> <laughs> we're a small lean but mean team you know and uh, yeah but i would love to get more people in in the company to write more our cto actually just started writing for us because he's the expert of security and there's no way i can write about security like he can so great no that's uh yeah interesting i think it's it's definitely you definitely put it right it's like uh we know it's important but it's so hard to kind of <laughs> do it and keep the frequency and the consistency going yeah. um any um uh prediction or recommendation for marketer in 2021 after the year that that we had <laughs> oh my god a prediction I've been, I've been thinking about this actually since i saw you know the questions you um, i don't have a freaking prediction to be honest like, <laughs> i just feel like i don't i don't because we talk about voice last year and then it didn't really become like a thing here um but i, I was thinking you know try to think about what is it that um, that you can own. Try to think about, you know, which channel you can own and try to think, you know, what you're trying to do with that channel. And for, for us, it's about, you know, staying top of mind, um, you know, con connecting without actually selling and helping without actually selling and just stay, stay top of mind. And how do you do that? I guess it's through branding and content. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, I hope we get the opportunity to chat again soon. Yeah, me too. With a glass of wine, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by Skona, a full-service creative agency with offices in San Francisco and Stockholm, which transforms B2B companies into brave brands. 